It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. With you until 11 o'clock today, ahead of Finding Illini Basketball, Big Ten Basketball, the Illini and the Wisconsin Badgers at 1.30. Finding Illini Game Day, the pregame show begins at 11.30 this morning. A lot going on this morning. Mr. Tate is up and at him. Settling in for a long day. It's going to be a long day. You'll be working after the game, getting a yeah, column yeah. ready for Sunday. Got it right. And the Illini trying to break a seven-game losing streak at home against Wisconsin. It's really, it's really getting, been tough lately against Wisconsin in football and basketball. I mean, when you look at the record, I mean, they've just really trounced Illinois in both those sports for a long time. It was a great win up there last year. I mean, almost uh, semi-unexpected. I, I think Illinois' team is slightly better than Wisconsin, but, boy, they've been winning the games against Illinois. Yeah, they broke, what was it, a 14-game losing streak last year at the Kohl Center. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a long one. I, I thought it was 15, 14, probably right. I, well, yeah. long enough either way. Yeah. But Wisconsin has won uh, – as we mentioned, seven straight games in Champaign against the Illini. And Illinois, about a four-point favorite in the ballgame. We're going to talk plenty about uh, that coming up. Jeff Patrikas from the uh, Milwaukee Sentinel Journal will join us at 9.15. Kedrick Prince at 9.30. Second hour, we'll feature Tom Ackerman from KMOX in St. Louis. And Mike Beal, a local guy from Paxton originally, Illinois State graduate. He's now in the front office of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So talk about the Super Bowl with him coming up. We're going to start out talking about Illinois football recruiting. Patrick Embleton is with us on the phone, the director of recruiting for Brett Bielma. Morning, Pat. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you here. We want to just kind of get caught up with you. You've been around the football program a while. This, um, I think, will be your seventh year on the staff. Uh, give us your uh, thoughts on the conversion of the staff with uh, Brett Bielma and the staff that he's put together and, and how you guys have hit the ground running. Yes, sir. Uh, Coach B is, is an unbelievable person, uh, first off, and obviously has a great reputation as a, as a head coach. Um, but the staff he's put together is, you know, second to none. I mean, I, I think it talks about um, all very similar personalities, and guys that will become head coaches uh, in the future. And so when you have a bunch of really good leaders as position coaches, um, then you have a lot of really good ideas and, and guys all on the same page. And um, it, it's, been, it's been easy. It makes my job a lot easier um, when you got guys that, that are willing to, you know, come together as, as a group to, to become successful. Well, being around seven years on the staff, you've seen some coaches come and go. And I suppose each time there's a change, you're not sure what uh, the future holds for you. Is that right? Tell me, tell me how this came about that you would stay on. Uh, well, that's it, true, Steve. It's uh, it is a little nerve-wracking, um, especially because 
my wife and I had purchased a, uh, a new house um, towards the end of last season because we were welcoming our third child, so we needed to, to upgrade a little bit. Um, but to be honest, I mean, going through it a few times, you just you just have to put your head down and work. Um, and, and knowing that what I did um, the first couple times through some, some coaching changes is the same thing that I did when Coach B came in, um, just be myself and, and present him with information that I think – he needed um, prior to, you know, prior to ever making any calls to anybody. And, and we just had conversations and we continued to have conversations daily. And then he would ask me to do some more assignments. And um, I think it was more just a, a, a get to know you session the first couple of weeks with him. And so it was, uh, you know, I'm honored. I really am honored to be a part of his staff and I can't wait to learn from him. Well, Pat, this is Lauren. Uh, would you explain uh, how Bill has, has changed in terms of, establishing a college recruiter, a high school recruiter? I mean, I, 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 just tell us how the, how the format is set up now. Well, Lauren, it's, um, it's different now just, just because of the, the game, the recruiting game has changed. The landscape has changed so much um, in the last eight years that I've been here. So uh, with, the, with, the, with the NCAA transfer portal um, that's really come on the scene the last couple of years, it is, you know, there's over 2,300 players in the transfer portal. And so that's a job in itself. It's something that you have to constantly monitor uh, every morning, um, seeing who enters the portal, uh, seeing if they played any games, uh, have any statistics, and then really going to find those games and, and watching, breaking down their film. Um, in that sense, it's, it's similar to high school recruiting to where, you know, you're still watching film, but it's, it's a little bit uh, harder, to, I guess, to access information in college just because, you know, there's uh, – there's some some privacy laws in that sense where uh, when you're trying to pull film so um that in itself is like i said when there's over 2000 names in the transfer portal there's somebody that's going to be devoted to keeping up to uh, up to date on that and really seeing how certain people fit with our system that we want to do here well uh, how many people actually will be involved in in studying this? i mean can one person do this or does it take a, a team of people There'll be a team of us that that, um, that actually do it. And so the number is still up in the air. We haven't really um, determined that yet. I just think it's, that's still a work in progress. But, uh, you know, five or six people that are going to be involved in actively watching tape and looking at college transfers and high school, um, high school recruits as well and, and just kind of um, putting together a whole – recruiting communication plan there'll be there'll be several of us in there but to, to give you a number right now i can't tell you that just because i'm not 100 percent sure where it's going to be but in a few weeks we should have a better uh, idea as to how many people will be on this staff uh, how, how many people have you uh, uh, have you hired the two people you know the, i understand there'll be two people working directly on you one in high school one in college uh have they been hired yet uh, not yet. No, nope. oh, we're still okay. we're still going through that process. Yep. So we have, uh, um, we we still have you know some graphic designers on staff and uh, a marketing person as well. So uh, it's still still coming together, Lauren. Talking to Patrick Embleton, he's the uh, Illinois football director of recruiting, graduate of Ohio Wesleyan University over in Delaware, Ohio. So you're kind of a Midwest guy. What what's your how do you look at your career path? Is do you like 
the area you're in now is, is becoming a coach something that you uh, anticipated or how do you see it going yeah well when i first started this steve uh, I, I did want to get into coaching um and that's what i did when i graduated from ohio wesland i stayed on there for uh spring and a season and was able to coach there um and i loved it and then when i had an opportunity to come here and and kind of do a an operations and a recruiting um, side of it as a as a intern, uh, I loved it, and and that's kind of where my passion lies is is the operations behind football, um, and specifically the recruiting operations and getting to know kids at an early age when they're sophomore, junior, seniors in high school, and then watching them develop in college and um, you know often when they graduate college, that's that's one of the most rewarding things about my job is I get a chance. To, to see Nicky Allegretti play for a second Super Bowl, and I remember recruiting Nick as a as a senior in high school. So, it's um, I love what I do, and I and I love the recruiting side of things. Um, I you know I don't you never say never to anything, but I don't have a a plan to to get on the field coaching. Um, and I, I honestly, Steve, I love I love Champagne. This is uh, my wife and I got married here. We've had three kids here, so this is home. And you know we are we are firmly planted here. The Ohio Wesleyan battling bishops, right? <laughs> the battling bishops. Yeah. <laughs> A couple more minutes with uh, Patrick Embleton. How how tough has it been to 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 try to recruit during a pandemic? <laughs> it's uh it's it has some um it has some issues, but honestly, recruiting at the end of the day is just about relationships, and so. Um, it, it would be nice to see people face to face just because you get a sense of, of body language and, and you can see how somebody talks to you and how they answer questions and, and um, you know, you can observe their body language. But but with Zoom and FaceTime, um, you're still building relationships. And at the end of the day, you, you have to you have to let a, a, you know, a 17, 18 year old kid trust you. Um, and the best way to do it is to talk to them and consistently talk to them. And so uh, having that trust with the kid, whether it's through a phone or, or face-to-face is, is something that's irreplaceable for uh, recruiting. And so, um, you know, we've done a good job recently with, with under coach B of showing our building off and we zoom with recruits just because we're able to, you know, place certain people throughout the building and, and the way that we just transition when we zoom with recruits, it's, it gives us uh, about the best way to showcase our building without actually, kids actually being here so um just like anybody steve we've all worked through it and and we'll continue to work through it um but i'll say it again relationships are key so however you can build those relationships that's that's the key to it all uh one other question about how you divide this up i just, we I noted in the paper today that you've signed a 2022 recruit and i know you can't talk about these until they sign but uh, you got you've got a commitment uh, how do you are you you're still working on 2021, uh, aren't you? And and then you have 2022. How do you divide that up? <laughs> it, it's so you you, you always recruit um, a, probably about three classes ahead at a time. So we know guys in the 22 class. We know guys in the 2023 class, and and honestly, we know some in the 2024 class who are, are freshmen in high school. But um, it, it's just. It, about staying organized, we have a, a giant computer database that helps us organize, um, you know, how we divvy up each class. And and uh, once we turn the close the book for one class, we just open the book for the other class. And 
and it's got names and we started building relationships with, with guys already. So, um, we're, we're not fully done on the 21 class, uh, like you had mentioned, Lauren, but we will, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to find the best players that are available now for us for the 21 class. Yeah. And you got spring football in the state of Illinois. You got players that are going to be playing and you'll learn a lot of, about them. I I'm sure just, uh, from the fact that we've, We've never had spring football, to my knowledge, ever in the state of Illinois before, have we? No, not not, not that I know of. Uh, so we are super excited. I know they start uh, March 19th, I think, is the first weekend that they play games. And so uh, we can't wait. You know, we're trying to line up to make sure we can watch some stuff that's live. Hopefully they, they broadcast stuff on the school websites and everything. But, uh, yeah, we are very excited to, to see some Illinois sports back for sure. Hey, Patrick, we appreciate your time. Keep up uh, the good work. I know it's busy, a busy time, but uh, heading towards a, a football season, hopefully on schedule the last uh, weekend in August. But thanks again for your time. Thank you all. Take care. You bet. That's Patrick Embleton. He's the director of recruiting for Brett Bielma. And speaking of that uh, last weekend of August, August 28th, the Nebraska game is scheduled for that date. Would you tell me where, Steve? I cannot tell you where. Somewhere between Dublin and Champaign. (laughs) (laughs) It's still officially on the schedule for Dublin against Nebraska, but uh, that's probably not likely to happen. We we think it's about an 85% chance that uh, it'll be played in Champaign, which is good. Yeah. I mean, that that schedule uh, that came out uh, yesterday uh, is kind of – do I dare use the word? It's kind of favorable for Illinois in terms of the teams that they're playing. And they, they've got um, Maryland and Penn State and Rutgers on the uh, crossover. Uh, Rutgers, do you know we're playing Rutgers like for the sixth straight year yep. or something like that? It's crazy. I mean, I don't know why. They're in the other division that we play them every year. Yep. And Maryland is making its first trip to Champaign. Urbana. Yeah. Michael so we got Oxman. Maryland and Rutgers at home. Right. Yep. 914 is the time. By the way, that uh, 2022 commitment was from an offensive lineman, quite appropriately, I think, from the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Joey Okla is his name. He yep. gave a verbal commitment. Uh, he's 6'4", 280, and uh, he's a guy that uh, has committed to Brett Bielma. So Patrick uh, couldn't speak about that, but uh, that he's the first 2022 commitment. 9-14, almost 9-15. We'll take a break. We'll talk more about today's basketball game against the uh, Wisconsin Badgers coming up. Stay with us here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Illini Pella Windows and Doors has been offering a unique kind of shopping experience to Central Illinois homeowners and businesses for almost 50 years now. Mike Mary and the staff at Illini Pella prides themselves in providing accurate information and ongoing support before, during, and after the sale. Illini Pella is currently offering virtual appointments to discuss window and door replacement options. Schedule an appointment and see the product line at PellaOfChampagne.com. CDS Office Technologies is all about making your office more productive and efficient. But now they're about making your office or school or just about any place safer, too. They're offering a new thermal scanning technology that can scan people's temperatures as they pass through doorways. Protecting your people and property from threats visible or not. Help your customers and employees feel safe and visit cdsofficetech.com for details. We deliver office solutions. CDS Office Technologies. 
Whether you're looking for a rambling ranch or a small house with a huge backyard, there's no better time to buy a house or upgrade the one you've got. With rates this low, you could even refinance just to improve cash flow. From first homes to second mortgages to the ultimate refi DIY, you pick the project and we'll make it happen with great rates, awesome advice, and all the help you need to make your house a home. Iroquois Federal. Different rules. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Due to COVID this past year, manufacturing was stopped for many weeks. As a result, inventory for pools and hot tubs have become limited. If you're planning for an in-ground or above-ground pool, don't hesitate and miss another season. Get on the spring schedule now. Rasmussen Pool and Patio also has Marquee and Northern Bay hot tubs. So if you're looking for a hot tub, an in-ground or above-ground pool, patio furniture or supplies, see the 2020 People's Choice winner for Best Pool and Hot Tub Store in Champaign. Rasmussen Pool and Patio, I-72 and Mattis, Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Lauren Tate. It is 9-17, heading towards 11 o'clock. Thanks to uh, Patrick Embleton talking some Illinois football with us off the top. We welcome into the show Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? Good. We just wanted to chat with you for a couple of minutes about uh, the ball game today, the Fighting Illini and the Wisconsin Badgers. Tell us more about... Wisconsin, you've covered them. They're 14-5 and five on the season, number 19 in the country. Is this a typical kind of Wisconsin team that uh, Big Ten fans have come to know and watch over the years? Uh, you know, it's a it's similar, a little bit similar to last year's team that made a run late to share the league title. It's a veteran crew. Um, it's probably right now a little bit too inconsistent defensively for their taste. For example, they, they did a really great job shutting down a Penn State team that generally can get out and run and score uh, just in their last game. But, you know, they played Penn State back-to-back. And at Penn State, a few days before that, they did a horrible job defensively. They gave up 50 points in the second half. Penn State shot better than 50%. Maryland did a similar thing to them at the Kohl Center earlier this year. Actually, it was like before the first of the year where Maryland just exploded in the second half. So they're not as good defensively as they need to be. And they know going into the Illinois game, if they're not sharp defensively, Illinois can light them up in a hurry. They've got some guys that have been around the block, though, don't they? They're one of the older teams in college basketball. I'm sorry, you cut off a little bit. I said they've got some guys that have been around a while, one of the older teams, more experienced teams in college basketball. Yeah, they do. I mean, you've got... uh, a lot of fifth-year guys, for example, Micah Potter had to sit out when he transferred, so he's an older guy. Mitch Trice um, missed a year because of injury, so he's an older guy. So, yeah, they have a lot of guys who are experienced, and, but that's generally, you know, they don't, Wisconsin does not have, if you look at their history under both Bo Ryan and Greg Gard now, they don't have a lot of guys who leave early. So it's a, it's a program that traditionally has had young guys, play a little bit early, develop as they go along. Like Frank Kaminsky, the year he won, you know, player of the year in the country. Early in his career, he did nothing as a freshman, barely played as a sophomore. Then he was ready to go as a junior and senior. So that's generally been their MO. Jeff, this is Lauren. Uh, I'm, I have to ask, do you expect all these veteran players to come back again next year? Have you heard anything about that? I know as a writer you must be interested. Uh, do you think no. – no, they're most most of the guys will move on. I mean, okay. example, Nate Reavers already has one 
a finance degree. He's ready to go. Micah Potters uh, just got engaged. I think he's he's a guy who can make some money somewhere, whether it's overseas. Um, and, and part of the reason is they are older guys. Now, now Nate is not. This is only his fourth year. But he's just – it's like a lot of the football players we dealt with this year. Some guys went or decided to leave because they were just ready. Mm-hmm. At that point in their life, they said, you know what, I'm ready to move on. I think there's a chance a couple will take advantage of it, um, but we'll kind of see how the season plays out first before we know more. I'll flip you over to football real quick. What's your reaction up in Wisconsin about the hiring of Bielma? Oh, um, you know, I didn't know. I hadn't talked to Brett in a long time, so I wasn't sure where he was in his life. You know, he was in the NFL. Did he want to be a head coach again? I know that at one point recruiting got to be too much, a, a bit of a grind where you had a really, I don't want to say babysit kids, but you know how it is. You got to, you got to woo them. It's, it's a stressful part. You, even after they commit, you have to hold their hand. So I wasn't sure if he wanted to be a head coach again, and to be quite honest with you, after he had, you know, left Arkansas and, and was working as an assistant and was happy working with Belichick. And then obviously went on from there. So, but I'm not surprised he's back in the big 10. I'll tell you that much. What would you what do you what do you hear from from your standpoint about where Illinois is in terms of their ability to compete? Well, I think it's interesting. I after after Illinois beat Wisconsin a couple of years ago, I remember Les Lovey made the comment that they had turned the corner and he had caught up with Wisconsin, which I thought was uncharacteristic for Lovey and a little bit premature. Mm-hmm. I was expecting more of that team last year. I was surprised they did not because there are some times they just they they reminded me of a team playing under a first year coach who was trying to turn a program around. I I, I was surprised they took a step back. So and it, I'll be interested to see because you know you got a new staff coming in. How many of those guys buy into players? Buy into what the new staff is selling? Do you have any attrition? Do you have any turnover? Um, and how well they adapt to what I'm assuming will be some new systems. Uh, Jeff, uh, are you traveling with the basketball team this uh, this season? Are you going to be here today, or are you going to be working from home? Haven't traveled at all for football or basketball, and that's okay. going to continue, I'm sure, through the year. How do you find that in terms of doing your job? Oh, it's not nearly the same. I mean, you, you'd like to be there, but you know, part of the issue is it's not nothing's the same this year. I mean, I hate I hate the fact that we can't talk face to face with coaches or players. You know. It, it's, it's like you, you have a really good friend and you only get to talk to him by phone as opposed to sitting down and, and talking to him. It's just it's ridiculous. But that's, you know, I get it. That's just the way it is. That doesn't make you any less busy. So I know you're busy on this Saturday morning, so we'll let you go. But we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Thank you, Jeff. All right, guys. Have a good day. You bet. Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Could ask him about Colton Wong coming to Milwaukee, former mm-hmm. Cardinal second baseman who signed with the Brewers this week. Get you uh, up to date on uh, some of the things happening overnight. We didn't get uh, some of the headlines in at the uh, top. Some Illinois sports, Illinois volleyball, lost uh, three sets to one at Penn State. Penn State number nine in the country. And Illinois now is two and three on the season. Those two teams will play again this afternoon at 530. You can hear it right here on News Talk 1400. DWS, Megan Cooney, a career-high 20 kills in that effort as Penn State won all three of their sets by the same score, 25-20 to 20 
and Illinois won the second set 25-17. to A battle of top uh, 15 wrestling teams in Minnesota. Number 13, Minnesota beat number 9, Illinois, 25-13. to Jim Heffernan's team is now 4-2 and on the season. They wrestle at Northwestern on Sunday. Big Ten basketball last night, Penn State beat Maryland 55-50. to That and must have been an ugly one, Steve. Must have been. That sounds like a Big Ten game <laughs> yeah. of well, old, doesn't it? Ayala just about did it by himself. He scored, what, uh, 23 points in the game, and he was the only guy scoring for his team. 55-50, to Penn State wins it over Maryland. Illinois is about a four-point favorite today in the ballgame against number 19, Wisconsin. The Illini are ranked 12th and number four, by the way, in the latest net rankings and number five in the um, the other one. What's the other one? The Paul, well, Ken Palm, uh, Ken Palm, AP. Yeah. Or, yeah. But, Steve, here's the thing in net. If, you were to, if they held on to number one, I mean to number four, you realize they'd be a number one seed. I mean, I don't think people are thinking about Illinois as a number one seed, but if they could, if they can hold where they are right now, and that's going to be a, a tough assignment. I mean, they could not be being knocked out today, but uh, if Illinois can finish, they got a chance. To, I mean, I, I I know it's a shock to everybody, but they got a chance to be a number one seed. Let's go to the phones and see what uh, Alan has to say down in Montrose. Hey, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, a little nippy. Going to get nippier, I guess. Uh, two teams I'm uh, kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, obviously, Ohio State's a lot better than we all thought they would be. Yeah. And then uh, Penn State. Penn State's the team I'm glad we've already played because they're getting hot. and They seem to play really well after they've had their corona virus problems, and I thought they might be the other way around, but they're playing extremely well right now. Well, we, we can't argue with you. But there's no That's question. probably a team you don't want to play in the Big Ten tournament, if there is a Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, is, is Ohio State as good as they seem to be? I, I still think we're better than they are, but you got to beat them and prove it. Well, they, they don't have any trouble scoring. So that's uh, that's they've got that going for them, and in a game like they had against Iowa, you knew the, those two teams were going to put some points up, but they went in there and won on the road. Uh, so yes, I guess they are as good as as they appear to be. There's a pretty good chance, not a pretty good, but there's a scenario where you could have two Big Ten teams perhaps getting number one seeds. Well, that's the way it is right now. I know. Michigan and Illinois. Michigan's got to play. I don't a game. know how you judge Michigan. Though, I don't from, either. They got to play a game sometime. Yeah. Now, the other night, uh, the Indiana game, I came home after my game to watch the second half. Took three hours, dude. That was the worst officiating game I've seen the Big Ten crew in a long time. And we were just fortunate to win that game. It, it was terrible both ways, in yeah, my opinion. It was a hard one to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. In the course of yes, a season, what you just said will be said about <laughs> 30 times. That's the worst officiating well, I've ever seen. And we'll get it yes after no. today's game. That we'll get the same thing. It'll be the worst officiating we've ever seen because we're asking people to do something that is impossible to do. So why do we criticize well, people for officiating when they can't do it in the first place? Is that a good, is that a good well, question or not? Uh, other other officials are able to do it real well, Lauren. Oh, I don't uh, know about that. I don't think game. that's true. I don't think other officials are able to do it better. Where'd you ever hear that? 
because I'm in the business loan. I know. I know you are. I, mean, I understand shit. that. Uh, I was raised by a Big Ten official. I mean, I, I, I. Okay. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, I understand, but I also understand that what you just said, I've heard a thousand times. That's the worst officiating I've ever seen. Well, At least a thousand. Say, but it is for this year. I mean, there's no way in the world a game should take almost three hours to play. I know well, maybe the players were fouling. Did it, did it occur to you maybe that the players were causing yeah, it? There, there, was, there was some fouling, but there was a lot of fouls that should not have been called. Georgie got a couple of really bad fouls called on him, and I don't know why the officials are picking on him. They've been picking on him since last year. Yeah, well, he definitely uh, didn't Iowa foul on number five. He, there were also some calls that should have been called that weren't called. The <laughs> one play, Io got fouled three, three times, times. <laughs> by three different guys on the same play. Yeah. Well, there we go. It seemed to be awful inconsistent the other night for whatever reason. All right, right, Alan. Thanks That's for the right. call. Appreciate it. I knew it was going to be a long game when early on they – they called the T on Frazier for Wasn't that silly for for yelling cash. Yeah, I know, and I they know. didn't call a T when uh, Trace Jackson had a, an outstanding play where he went around Kofi and dunked and just posed in front of the Illinois bench and flexed and all that. Didn't call a thing there. <laughs> so if you're going to call it one way, well, we could talk about that for a while. But, no question, uh, it was poorly officiated. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but. Uh, you look around, and you, you could probably say that. We, we say it because we're watching the Big Ten closer, and uh, I don't watch that many out-of-conference games and, 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 you know, with the idea of looking All at, the, at the officials. All the other games are, are well officiated. <laughs> right. It's just ours. Yep. Okay. They've got something against Illinois. you got some oceanfront property <laughs> in Arizona, too. Don't you? Moving up on 930, we'll take a break and be back with more Illini Fellow Saturday sports talk, more Illinois basketball talk as well. Stay with us. Dear Winter, we're not scared of you because almost nothing can stand in the way of a new 2021 Toyota. When you say stay home under a blanket, the Camry all-wheel drive comes out to play. The 2021 Corolla is hotter than ever with tons of tech to keep you plugged in to your favorite apps, music, and more. Snowy hills don't stand a chance against the RAV4's available all-wheel drive with multi-terrain select. And with over 200 horses under the hood, the RAV4 weathers the toughest storms. Grab the family, hop in the Highlander, and go build some snowmen. Everyone will be comfy with available heated front seats and cushy seating for up to eight. With 15 models featuring available all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, Toyota will get you everywhere you need to be this season. See you in the snow. Toyota. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. I'm Chaz Holder from Holder Wealth Management. The world of investing is complex. There are thousands of different financial products available, and new ones are created every week. Chances are pretty good that you've been approached by a broker with an offer to buy some type of investment. But how do you know if it's the right investment for you? What are your fees and commissions? And did you know that most active managers generally don't outperform the overall market over time? Maximizing your wealth requires making smart investment decisions. At Holder Wealth Management, we don't sell products or seek commissions on merely suitable investments. We're fiduciaries, and that means we put our clients' personal interests above all else, the highest level of care. Because navigating the complexities of wealth planning requires someone you trust. 
So give me a call at 217-398-4015 and let us at Holder Wealth Management help guide you through the process. 9.32, Illini Fellow Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock. Illinois basketball this afternoon. Pre-game coverage beginning at 11.30. Illinois and those pesky Badgers from uh, Madison at the uh, State Farm Center tipping off at 1.30 this afternoon. Going to keep talking basketball. Kedrick Prince from Orange and Blue News is with us over in the Quad Cities. Good morning, Ked. How are you? Good morning, Joe. How are you this morning? Good. I guess uh, living uh, for you uh, the past couple of weeks has been a little bit easier since you cover Illinois, but you're in Illinois-Iowa territory over there after uh, the Illini got that win a week ago last night. Has that uh, settled some of those Iowa folks down in the Quad Cities? I tell you what's funny. One of my coworkers played basketball in Iowa, and it was really sweet walking into work the next day. He walked in and shook his head and just threw his hands down and said, at some point, Fred's going to learn to play defense because they, they don't have the athletes that other schools do. And he's right, and he came back in the other night when they lost to Ohio State. So it's been really, really nice. I mean, it's good because Illinois is competitive again, and, and the rivalry is good. So it's, it's been good, really, really good to see Illinois turn things around. Did your friend complain about the officiating in that ballgame? <laughs> no, because you know what was really weird? Every, everybody has complained about it, but, you know, you could do that, I guess, in a lot of games. And the one call that everybody's really frustrated with in the Iowa game was Luca Garza's fourth foul, and I thought it was kind of touchy, too, given the fact of how the Big Ten is being played. I just don't think they're consistent. I think if you look at the game, they're all the same refs. I don't know if they're tired. I will tell you this, though. I know they're tired of hearing coaches bark because you can hear everything that's being said. And I just, I, I think, I wish Brad would be a little bit more vocal with them because he doesn't do that. He's one of the guys, he used to be really vocal when it comes to officials when he first started. He's not like that anymore. But Fran and Mark Turgeon, I think they're the top in Big Ten when it comes to complaining about calls. They want to call every time down the court. Well, I think Fran does want to call every time down the court. And the thing now is, that with no people in the stands, they hear every single thing he says for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it was really funny. We're also, I didn't go to the Indiana game. I'm sitting at home, and I think there was a call that went against uh, Isle that Brad was upset about. The very next trip down the court, you could hear it on TV, Brad yelled it. Moving screen, and as soon as he got the last the end out, the official raised his hand and called it. I mean, it's just it's, it's that easy. So if you're vocal with them, they're going to call it. Do you think uh, defensively that Iowa's problem in part is because they try to play too many defenses as opposed to – I yes, mean, uh, people complain yes. about because Illinois, well, they never play zone. Well, Illinois is really into the man-to-man. They, they really emphasize it. They work really hard on it. They, it's their strength, I think, is their defense. And uh, Iowa probably tries to play a zone in one three one, and I thought the two three, and they played the man to man, and they haven't had a good defense in twenty years as I can remember. Is that a fair statement? That's a very fair statement, and and, and, and here's why they do that: they're not athletic enough. They're good, but they're not athletic enough to go toe to toe with people man to man. They're just not. So if you mix up your defenses with the shot clock being thirty seconds, and if you they do that they do that token one two two press sometimes. You know, and it slows the defense down. Then once you get across half court, then they change their defense. Then you have to adjust to it. That's their philosophy because I've watched them play enough. With Illinois, people don't understand. I mean, they are really, really good defensively, mm-hmm. really good defensively. And they're, they're not good in zone. 
the one time they played zone that I remember, I know it's been two times, but the one time I remember was in Baylor. And when they went zone in Baylor, that was one of the times that they went on that run and they got out of it. When you have athletes you can get in the face and guard, you're going to be in games, which is why I personally think Ohio State is as good as they are. They flat out guard you and they make it tough for you to score. I like that about them, and that's what I like about Illinois. Iowa's not going to go far in the tournament if they get the if they get put in the in the, in the wrong region, and they have to guard somebody as well as I thought they were offensively. They're not going to go very far. What's your latest uh, uh, news on recruiting? Anything happening? Well, <laughs> it's really funny to say that. There's a couple kids that like you know, that they're really trying to pursue and go after. I know, like, we've all talked about this Wesley Cardet kid who they're trying to pull in into the 21 class. Uh, I tell you, he's a 6'6 forward um, out of West Oaks Academy. And I'm going to tell you a guy that really, really everybody knows about is Amari Burnett. Illinois has put themselves in a really good position to land him. You know, he was he played at Morgan Park when he was a freshman. Then he transferred. Um and he went out to California, and he played with uh, the current Illinois big man, Coleman Hawkins. And Texas Tech recruited over him. They went out and they recruited over him. They recruited a bunch of guards, and he sat on the bench, and he didn't play a lot. Well, the reason why Illinois is in a good situation, I mean, anybody recruiting guru you've talked to, they will tell you, Illinois is the only school that's got a Zoom from him. His parents contacted the University of Illinois first which is unheard of because a kid that good, you know, when you put your name in the transfer portal, everybody's going to pursue you. And when I talked to him on the phone, his last words to me were, I'm going to go to a school where I'm wanted. I'm going to go to a school where they help make their guards better, but I want to play. And Illinois has all that that I have to offer. But Illinois has a lot of guards. And he's not going to sit. And you don't know what Trent Frazier's going to do. You don't know what DeMonte is going to do. If Illinois recruits another guard, another guard commits, then you're not going to get him. That's why he didn't commit to a school now. He's not going to be able to recruit again. If you they see, you see Burnett as a three? You know what? He's coming in. He wants the ball in his hands. And I hate to say that because he's not going to come in maybe a two because he's a scoring guard, but he wants the ball in his hands. But we all know if Io's gone, the next logical person is going to be Andre Cabello. That's what they have to sell him on because he wants the ball in his hands. Can well, they coexist? That, yeah, because because Brad's proven that now. That's not going to happen because I know who's going to have the ball in their hands next season. In fact, I think yeah, I know who's going to have their ball in their hands today. Yeah, it, it'll be Cabello. But at the same time, if you look at it, last year when Brad took Iowa off the ball, he gave the ball to Trent. And there could be possibilities where I know they're good enough and, and in their schemes I think they're good enough to, to do both. I just don't think he wants to go somewhere and sit. I mean, and Iowa's going to be gone. He plays, what, 30, 30, 35 minutes a game. There's going to be a lot of minutes there. They just can't recruit him by a bunch of guards. If they don't do that, I think that they have a legitimate shot of landing him. Talking basketball with Kedrick Prince from Orange and Blue News. By the way, the Michigan-Illinois game, there's been the reports that it's not going to happen, and it may well not happen, but it's not been officially taken off the schedule yet for next Thursday. So... My next question, Ked, if you can answer it, I suggest maybe you give the Big Ten Conference a call and tell them what the answer is. But uh, it gets around to how do you figure out who the Big Ten champion, regular season champion, is going to be when there's going to be uh, an unmatched number of games between many of the teams. Here's my thing with it. If teams are able to play, and we've all heard Brad Underwood say yesterday, Illinois is ready to go play. 
if your team is available to play and you don't play, it's a loss. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Illinois lost a game against Nebraska that people seem to forget about. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed win, but it's the worst team in the conference. That gives them another win. So if Michigan decides not to play Illinois, and it seems for reasons being nobody knows, I mean, we can guess and say, yeah, they're scared, and they don't want to play Illinois coming off uh, you know, two-week you know, situation where they haven't practiced. I'm really, really sorry, but that's not fair to Illinois. So if teams are able to play and they choose not to, you can't just give them a win or, or not give them a win and not, and not punish them for that. That's not fair to Illinois. And so there's, I think there's going to be an odd number at some point in time because the closer the season goes to the Big Ten tournament, you're going to see teams miss games. But it's going to be tough to make them all up. I asked Brad during the press conference once, do you do away with the Big Ten tournament and try to make up some of these games, and then maybe you get your conference uh, championship out of it. You know, he didn't seem to think that was going to happen. But if they choose not to play, I think you have to, I don't want to say punish Michigan, but they shouldn't be rewarded for that. Because if you look at all the, the, the quote-unquote experts and all the seedings right now, Michigan is the number one seed in the Big Ten. They haven't played in two weeks. Well, maybe if they lose to Illinois, Illinois jumps from a two to a one. That's why I don't think you could just give them the game. Well, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens and a lot of decisions to be made between now and then. But uh, let's get back to this ball game today. Illinois about a four-point favorite over the Badgers, and Wisconsin wants to make it a half-court game. Illinois wants to get out and run when they can. What do you uh, anticipate seeing today at the uh, State Farm Center? I think it's going to be a battle. I think Wisconsin has a little bit of revenge from last year. Wisconsin has always done well against Illinois. I don't know the statistics, but I don't know the last time um, Illinois beat Wisconsin at home. I mean, it's been a while. And going up last year, you know, Iowa had a great game and Trent had a great game and Alan Griffin when he was there. Uh, they're going to have to play great today. I mean, and from here on out, they put themselves in a position where they can compete for a Big Ten title. And Wisconsin is just as hungry because Illinois has made it known that you can, you can win in Champaign. You know, Ohio State did it and Maryland did it. So Illinois is going to have to play another great game and for them to win. I don't think you're going to see Iowa struggle the way he did. And I'm not disappointed with that. You're not going to bring it every night. He just had one of those nights. But, again, I think Wisconsin is going to be that team because they defend well enough. Um, I think some matchups are going to go against Illinois a little bit because of the way they post their guards up. You know, and that may be a disadvantage for Trent because he's not tall. He's a great defensive player, um, but he's not tall. So I don't. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I, I mean, the odds make I saw it at four. I see another, you know, one or two-point game again. 2012 is your answer that the last time that, uh, that um, Illinois beat Wisconsin here, seven straight Wisconsin wins at uh, the State Farm Center. One quick question. You're kind of over there in uh, Brett Bielma territory where he – was uh, born and raised. What's the buzz been about his hiring for Illinois football? You know what's really unique, you guys? And I, the Illinois fans would really love to hear this. Most of the Iowa reporters and the guys that played football in Iowa, like Pat Inger's a guy that played football at University of Iowa, I'm good friends with him. Even the basketball guys will tell you they wanted Brett Bielema to replace Kirk Ferentz. That's, how, that's what people think of him. They knew he was the one proven guy that could come in if Kirk left who's won at a high level, he's from the area, he's a former player. So that tells me that Illinois got a really, really good hire. And the buzz is people can see the, the steam picking up when it comes to recruiting. So that was, it was a big hire, and I just know from a recruiting standpoint whether all these kids come or not, 
they're at least giving Illinois a look. And in this area, they can see it. I mean, they can really, really tell because, you know, like, like I said to you, they wanted him to be Kirk's, you know, replacement. Hey, Ked, we appreciate your time. As always, good to visit with you, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. You bet. Kedrick Prince works for several organizations, including uh, our friends at uh, Rivals.com, Orange and Blue News, covers Illinois basketball and some football as well. 9.44 is the time. The phone line is open, 356-9397. If you'd like to join us, coming up at 10 o'clock, we'll talk some baseball with Tom Ackerman from KMOX in St. Louis. And then at 10.30, we'll talk about the Super Bowl with uh, a guy named Mike Beal, who is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front office. He's the director of college recruiting, originally from Paxton, Illinois. That's what we have remaining. We'd love to hear from you as well. We'll take a break and be back with more. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Regardless of your project needs, Rental City saves you the expense of buying, storing, and maintaining tools or equipment you use only occasionally or even once in a lifetime. Visit us on Mattis Avenue, just north of the I-74 overpass in Champaign. Or call us at 359-6127. Whatever and whenever you need it. Rent it from Rental City. designer shop flooring surface is your first stop this is your year for impeccable flooring style flooring surfaces brings fresh looks from around the world to central illinois and right now we're offering deep discounts on all the floors you want you'll save big on italian porcelain tile beautiful hardwood floors waterproof vinyl soft and durable carpets and fantastic backsplash mosaics If it's in stock, it's on sale now. And with over 1 million square feet of flooring in stock, you'll find the right look to fit your style and budget. Combine excellent selection with free design assistance, free estimates, professional installation service, and financing options. It's easy to see why Flooring Surfaces has your floor covered. See us today at 401 East Mercury Drive in Champaign. See the showroom top designer shop. Flooring Surfaces, your first stop. Flooring Surfaces, your first stop. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, downtown Champaign, on Sunday mornings at 1030 on WDWS. You'll find rest and welcome. Nine forty-seven with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Rolling along with you. Phone line is open three five six nine three nine seven. If you'd like to join us, anything on your mind? Let's see what uh, Carl's thinking about this morning. Go ahead, Carl. Hey guys. Uh, a couple days ago, I saw the highlights of the nineteen eighty nine game against USC, uh, and I was thinking about. Uh, the parallels between that game, which was supposed to be played, I believe, in the USSR, yep. and it ended up being played in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and the Dublin game. Yep. 
Glasnost Bowl. So, so it was just, you know, I just thought uh, that that was, uh, it was kind of weird to see that when, when they just, it was just about the time they announced that uh, Dublin is still on the table. But, yeah, I think they canceled that game about three months before it was actually supposed to happen. So, yeah, uh, it, uh, yeah but it is kind of an interesting parallel. I, I had the assignment yeah. of covering the president while he was over there, our president. Right, right. And uh, in addition to sport, I was kind of glad when the thing was called off. I, I didn't know how I was going to do that. But uh, that game in, in, in L.A., I've said a thousand times, uh, trailing 13 to nothing, fourth quarter, late. All the Tribune guys and the, and the other writers were all filing their stories because they were on deadline. And and, and uh, we throw two touchdown passes in the last part of the game to, to win the game. I think one went to uh, – well, let's see. Stephen one, Williams. Stephen Williams got one and um, – Sean Wax. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sean Wax got the other one. Yep. Anything else, Carl? No, it was – well, I, w- I was just thinking personally I think – Brett Bielema is the best hire for a Illinois football coach in my lifetime. Okay. I don't. I don't think there's any. There's been anybody better. It's all he. I think he's a, up to the quality of some of the basketball hires okay. that have been made over the years. So you're excited. And yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it when the '97 win wins in his career, he's a potential college football Hall of Famer already. Well, so you add the... He's got everything those. right so far. I mean, as far as we can tell. I mean, I'm really impressed by his his Zooms, and I've been on several with him. He just He's just got everything organized pretty well, and, and the, the assistant coaches that he hired are, are that's really a, a lift for the program. And I think, and he said this too, the last two guys he got, particularly Kane at the end, he said he didn't. He didn't think there was any chance he could get him, but he did. Yep. So, and I well, it might be the best coaching staff. Uh, it would be hard pressed to find a better coaching staff than Illinois had than this one right now. Yeah. In my opinion, but that's anyway. So have a good day. Mm-hmm. You too, Carl. Appreciate the call. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to uh, jump in. You know, when you talk about coaching staffs and how good they are, it's funny because before these guys are hired, you don't know much about any of them. No. Uh-uh. You really don't. No. Until you start having an opening and then you start investigating them a little bit. But you don't, you know, it's hard to look at another college coaching staff and say, boy, that's really a great coaching staff. But I wonder how many coaching staffs or and coaches have been hired and before they fir- played their first game, they're the best staff we've ever had. <laughs> well, <they're, laughs> you know. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. <laughs> if maybe the bar's not been set that high. I don't know. But Well, uh, he's in the honeymoon period right he now. He is. He knows it. He, he mentions that. He hasn't lost any games yet. But the, the Zoom thing is, is really interesting when you think about it. Not just a Zoom press conference like we have. They have the, the Zoom meetings with the kids and their families and you mm-hmm. can have unlimited number of people on you can have mm-hmm. uncle bob out in san francisco mm-hmm. on yeah. there taking a tour of the the yeah. smith center and all there's kinds some of advantages to that exactly yeah there's a lot more people you can uh, get involved and, and he's really good on those zooms i mean he he really is and and 
I think that's uh, you know it's to his advantage that he can, and and he the way he has set the whole thing up. We talked to Embleton this morning, you know, Pat Embleton, that that uh, the way he's set up recruiting and and he's going about the he's going about it the right way. I think. I think the pandemic and everything you had to do to deal with it maybe in a way has been somewhat of a blessing in that it opened some new avenues on ways that things can be done, not only in that field, but uh, you've kind of had to adapt your everyday life uh, because of the pandemic, and maybe you found some diff- better ways to do different things that you were in a rut with or uh, in a routine of. Some golf news. How about some Illini presence in the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open? Steve Stricker is a shot back heading into today's third round at 11 under par. Xander Shoffley has the lead at minus 12. And Nick Hardy, who got in once again on a Monday qualifier. In a playoff. In a playoff. He's <laughs> only uh, uh, five shots off the lead. He's tied for 15th. So some orange and blue there. And Stricker trying to be the oldest guy to win a PGA Tour ever. Sam Snead holds that record. And Stricker is older than Slammin' Sammy was when he won his, I think it was the Charlotte Open that uh, Snead won at the age of 52 and a half or almost 53 and Strick is almost 54. So that'd be a great story. I don't know if he can hold up or not, but the way he puts the ball, well, he just, he's he, a threat in his short game. His short game is really good too. I don't think he hits it quite as long as some of those guys, but boy, oh boy, is he good with those irons. No, he was, I saw a stat. He's, he's averaging 289, which would be, is that right? I'd take that. Oh yeah. But he's like, there's, 40 guys that are hitting it further. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there all kind of guys hitting it over 300 on But average. on this particular course, much of the trouble that you get to off the tee is, is built around the guys that hit it further. So is that right? It, by the fact that he's not hitting it as far, you know, he, like he might not have a set of bunkers that he has to clear. He can lay up short of them and just naturally. And so that's working to... I'm sure hopeful for Hardy because he, he picked up about 115... Uh, I th- about 115 or 116,000 in, in Hawaii recently, and he had to, to uh, qualify on a Monday for, to get into that one. Now here he is again, and he can pick up some more money here. Yes, he can, and uh, maybe find a, a permanent residency out there on the uh, PGA Tour before too long. Men's golf opens the season today, by the way, down in Florida against Illinois State in the Tenervin uh, Cup that they play every year against uh, the ISU Redbirds. Let's go back to the phones. Tom calling from uh, Muhammad. Go ahead, Tom. How you doing, Steve? Good. How are you? I have a. I just wanted to make a comment about Illinois football coaching staff. So I'll take uh, Mike White over the rest of them. Yeah. We I would... think he's the best coach we ever had. Yeah, he was. He was a good one. No question. He was a good. They should have gave you more time. They they let him. Uh, Gunther let him go too soon. Well, Gunther didn't let White go. I mean, White was fired by the uh, the administration. Uh huh. I mean, Gunther Gunther didn't fire him. Yeah. Do you remember this story, Lauren, from years ago when Bob Blackman was coach? And if you were late for practice, uh, he made the players run the stadium stab. So one day he made a mistake. And punished the guy for uh, being late when he wasn't. So he ran the stadium steps. Is that right? Did, and he could he couldn't hardly walk for a week. <laughs> well, he had a uh, one one leg that I think he had had some kind of a uh, birth defect in one leg, didn't he? Or, or or did that happen later? No, he he uh, 
You're right, because you walk with a limp his entire life. Yeah, I, I can't remember why. I knew at one time, and I can't remember. Steve, do you remember why he, he had that limp? I do not. It, uh, it was uh, The reason I bring it up, that I, I think he played football at one time and had to quit because of that. I, so it might have happened. Yeah, he did. Somebody's going to have to help me here. I think that it happened while he was in college. He was a bit uh-huh. ahead of my time before I got to town, yeah. so I didn't know him. Yeah, 1970. He was December 1970. He was hired, and uh, he lost his first what five or six game. I think first six games and won the ne- won the next five. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And then uh, one of the games he beat. They beat. They upset Stanford. Mike Al had three interceptions in the same game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I remember years ago when uh, the attendance was low, high school kids could get in for $2, and after the opening kickoff, you could sit down around the track. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Anything else, Tom? Think, thanks, guys. Yep, appreciate the call. 356-9397 is the number as we get close to the uh, top of the hour. Coming up in hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, we're going to talk with uh, Tom Ackerman, from KMOX in St. Louis about the uh, Nolan Arenado trade of uh, last week and uh, some other Cardinal activities with, uh, you know, Adam Wainwright's signing kind of got pushed under the uh, under the rug there a little bit, didn't it? Uh, yeah. That happened on Thursday of last week, and the Arenado news came in on you don't, on Friday you night. You don't see many trades like the Fowler trade either. They, they sent right. money and Fowler. <laughs> if yeah. you'll take him, we'll give you this much money. Well, it gives him <laughs> a chance to play maybe more every day, and he gets back to playing with Joe Madden. Maybe there's more playing time out there. Yeah, for a while. they got some rookies coming up. Yeah. Well, that's what they need. He's, he doesn't have a long time left. No. But well, he's only got one year on his contract, and I doubt that he's going to get much of a contract after that. We just had a call off the air that said uh, uh, Bob Blackman had polio. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Because, But he did play football, didn't he? I mean, up to a point. I, I don't know that. But I think polio's right. That, yep. that was what I had in my mind, but I was afraid to say it. Our friend Marty down in North Carolina called that in. Okay. He remembered that, yeah. that about uh, Bob Blackman. It is 9.58. We'll take a break and be back with hour number two. We'll talk some baseball and then some Super Bowl at the uh, bottom of the next hour at 10.30. Tampa Bay and Kansas City coming up. We'll talk to uh, Mike Beal, who is with the Tampa Bay organization working in the front office. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up next here on DWS. Our big pet care sale is going on now at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We're the animal experts, offering a massive selection of great deals on pet food, supplies, and more. Like $3 off all Blaine's Farm and Fleet dog or cat food. Rewards members save an extra 2 bucks. Assorted 28 to 30-pound bags of Nutro Wholesome Essentials dog food are $5 off. Plus, get a free $20 Farm and Fleet gift card when you buy a Bear Soresto flea and tick collar for cats or dogs, in-store only. Save $15 on large Pet Lodge wire dog crates, now only $54.99. Select dog and cat toys are 25% off. And while you're shopping for pet essentials, don't miss amazing doorbuster deals like assorted 92-ounce bottles of Tide laundry detergent, only $9.99, or $100 instant savings on DeWalt 20-volt max three-tool combo kits. Rewards members save an extra 20 bucks. Plus, buy online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in our convenient drive-thru. Find value. 
Hi, I'm Troy Lands, owner of Lands Inc. Your heating and cooling system works hard for you all year long to keep you and your family comfortable. That's why it's important to have it maintained and serviced regularly. Our techs are ready to help you with all your indoor air quality, humidity, and filtration needs. Visit LandsInc.com today for specials on a brand new train system for your home and to see for yourself why it's hard to stop a train. At Lands Inc., our commitment is to you, the customer. I'm Troy Lands, and you can count on my company because you can count on me. Now is the time to go to your closet and pull out all your dry cleanable sweaters and overcoats because Colony Square Cleaners has a winter special that will save you big dollars. Have two sweaters cleaned for the price of one. Have two coats cleaned for the price of one. And bring in as many as you like as this is an unlimited special. But as with all good things, the Colony Square Cleaners two for the price of one on sweaters and coats will end February 28th. So hurry to Colony Square Cleaners at 701 Devonshire in Champaign for their two for one winter special. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Hour number two of Illini Pillow Saturday Sports Talk with you. 356-9397 is the phone number. Thanks to our first hour guests, Patrick Embleton from the Illinois Football Office. He's the director of football recruiting for um, Brett Bielma. Also, Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel to talk about today's basketball game with Wisconsin. Kedrick Prince joins us from Orange and Blue News. Now we're kicking off hour number two and our leadoff man resides in St. Louis. And we're going to talk some Cardinal baseball, some Major League Baseball with Tom Ackerman. Good morning, Tom. Good to hear from you again. How are you? Steve, always good to talk to you. Great to always catch up with you and Lauren. How are you doing? Good. We wanted to talk to you about several things, but not the least of which. It was a week ago yesterday, midday, I texted Tom Lauren and said, uh, is this Arenado talk any different than the last two or three years that we've heard it about this time? And Tom replied a little bit later that, yeah, it feels different and he's optimistic. And then Friday night it all hit. And uh, so it turned out you were right, Tom, but uh, I don't know if what you knew at that time uh, b- before it actually happened, but it certainly uh, got the attention of Cardinal fans and uh, made them pretty happy. Well, there were a few clues. Um, one was that I would say it's now coming up on two weeks ago. John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations, was on my show, Sports on a Sunday Morning, and said that um, when I asked him about Yachty and Wayno, uh, he typically does not respond to any questions about particular players. It's just a policy. But he agreed to break that rule and say that he felt like those two players um, he was optimistic that they could get them both back and that it would happen possibly in the near term. Uh, and then they would also work on some other things. They had some other things they were working on. I'm like, gosh, he sounds like he's being really open and optimistic here uh, that something else is going on. And he had said a few weeks before that that they would continue to, to operate in exploring multiple markets, meaning free agent and trade. The response from Cardinals fans to all of those 
appearances was kind of like, I, I wouldn't say all Cardinals fans, but a, a good portion of them was kind of like a big eye roll, you know, like, well, believe it when I see it. Cardinals aren't going to do anything. They don't have the budget to do it. They don't want to do this. They Nobody in the NL Central wants to win, et cetera, et cetera. But all I can do is just give people access to Mosellock and let people decide for themselves. But I'm just reporting the news here, and the news was that the Cardinals were shopping, and they weren't lying. Uh, so when Wainwright did sign and made an official media appearance on Friday – he said the Cardinals are working on some things that I think fans are going to like, something along those lines. I'm like, hmm. And then uh, Mosellock was asked directly about the Arenado rumors, and he did not deny them. He just said, you know, I know there's a lot of rumors out there. He actually addressed it. So I know there are a lot of rumors out there. I can't talk about specific players, et cetera. So I knew something was uh, probably going to go down here, and the Cardinals were, you know, they've always wanted this player. Um, it's been very well known that the Cardinals have always been fascinated with Arenado. In fact, that Cardinals fans, of course, have. Mosellock, after the deal was done, described it as getting on the green and then five putting <laughs> when it came to the Arenado negotiations. Like they always tried to get him and it just couldn't come through. And now this time it did. It was just the perfect situation. The Rockies are ready to make a deal. And surprisingly, to me, I don't know if it was as surprising to Mosellock because he's been in the middle of those negotiations, but they not only took – Austin Gomber's a really good pitcher and four prospects, none of whom are in the top ten, although I think Elleris Montero is going to be a really nice player, but the Cardinals have plenty of third basemen. Um, and $50 million going the Cardinals' way I think was the most surprising of it all. So it's a really, really good deal for St. Louis, and you've acquired one of the best players at his position uh, of – his generation. Uh, Tom, would you explain, uh, I believe he, uh, Arenado is going to receive about $35 million the first year. How is that divided up? I understand that the Cardinals may not have to come up with any money at all the first year. Is that true? That is what it looks like, Lauren, is that the first year, his salary is pretty much paid for, uh, which is thirty five, and then there's an additional fifteen dollars uh, that would be paid out over time. So, you know, it comes to about $50 million is what the Cardinals will receive. Now, he does have an opt-out in 2022 and 23, but the Cardinals did add a year on his contract, an extension that takes him to 27. And Arenado has said publicly that he plans on being here a long time. So the opt-outs are in there. I think that that is his right. Uh, he certainly can have those in there, but it doesn't appear that he is going to exercise those and you know what? There's a lot of money on the table for him. And in this uh, situation that we're in with this pandemic, there's no guarantee that all that money will be there if he were to become a free agent. It might be. Uh, but, I, you know, this is a really nice contract for him in a very good situation. Now, you know, you keep those opt-outs in that contract because you know, you're part of the Players Association. And I would think that would be frowned upon by the union to just remove all of those rights and take a guaranteed contract with no rights and options of your own. So he does uh, come to St. Louis with that contingency, I guess, but I, it's pretty widely assumed and he's already said publicly that he's very happy with where he is. I can't imagine that he wouldn't enjoy playing for this franchise at this point. It's, it's a good move in his career. And that's not to say he didn't enjoy his time as a Rocky. I know he loved the fans there and, and that whole experience there, except for, 
some of uh, some disagreement that he's tried not to go too far with, but some disagreement with how they handle things in their front office. It's just not a club right now that's very competitive, and the Cardinals are. And uh, it's very apparent that the Cardinals are pushing the gas pedal down here and trying to make themselves back into a World Series contender. Tom, are you at all concerned about the uh, money uh, just kind of denting the competitiveness of, of, of baseball? You've got Milwaukee signing Ozuna for four more years. You've got L.A. signing every pitcher available. The Padres are spending money like it's going out of style. The Mets, those four teams, I mean, it seems like it's getting awfully lopsided. What are your thoughts on that? Like a bubble that's going to burst? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of money tied up in these TV contracts. Uh, so, you know, these TV networks are paying a lot of money to get the games televised. I, I do think that the game is healthy from that standpoint. I think that there is uh, a need, though, to continue to market this game to young people and continue to push it out. One thing that MLB was really good at from the beginning, and everybody sort of copied them, was making themselves uh, available digitally. So what I mean, like MLB.com, I think, was ahead of its time. I think they've done a nice job with their app, with their at-bat app, and, and getting this game out to people. Um, but that's going to be a real, real key, is they're going to have to make sure they have the audience that they market their players, and they continue to see that money roll in. That will be important uh, for baseball. The players are getting paid. I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, you look at Trevor Bauer getting $40 million a year. This is a guy who's going to appear once every five games. I mean, that is a massive – what is that, over a million dollars a start? I mean, that's yeah. that's big time. So. Uh, there's a lot of money. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't feel uh, any sort of crisis coming, but I do think it's something to pay attention to. Certainly, I, I think the Cardinals are in a good position based on their market size. This is not New York, Chicago, L.A. They can't just throw money around and pay luxury taxes. I mean, they've got to be able to, to be responsible as a medium-sized market. That said, they do draw on a, when when we get through this pandemic, three and a half million people a year. It's a it's a huge gate for them. They also are, are a regional team. They touch you know the radio network touches eight states. They are on national TV constantly. People are buying their merchandise, and now this really skyrockets them. Putting a, a billboard type player, as Joe Buck put it to me, uh, you know, a face of the franchise for, for many years and beyond with Nolan Arenado. That will help them sell some tickets and uh, sell their brand, and I think other teams are going to try to to make sure that they stay with it uh, as well. I think the National League has had some active offseason here at the last moment. I mean, the Padres got it started, but the Dodgers make their moves. Braves dropped the hammer last night on Marcelo Zuna. I think the Washington Nationals have bulked up and they're taking one more run at it. And I would not discount the New York Mets, who are stirring right now with their new owner, Steve Cohen, and trying to make some things happen. So it's going to be a very interesting National League with, I think, the Cardinals now putting themselves firmly in the top five teams in the National League with this move. Talking to Tom Ackerman from KMOX in St. Louis. A couple callers would like to do so as well. Let's start with Steve in Princeton. Go ahead, Steve. You're on the air. Yeah, I've enjoyed your Cardinal conversation, Tom, but I just want to comment that I enjoy your work with the Missouri Valley Network doing basketball games. I'm an Illinois State grad, and I've caught you doing a number of Missouri Valley Conference games, and I appreciate the work you do for them. Well, I really appreciate that. I'm actually, uh, after I do a virtual gala for a charity tonight, I'm going to hop in the car and head up to Peoria. I've got the Bradley game tomorrow on ESPN+, Plus. so appreciate uh 
you're following there. And boy, do I love working for the Valley guys. I, I appreciate that comment. It's a great league. Great, great league. Been doing it for a long time. Jack Watkins deserves the, the credit for what he's done with TV there and putting us out there. I remember when he asked me back in 2003, I think, to be the sideline reporter for Arch Madness. And uh, so we're coming up on 20 years of being involved with just a league that uh, runs itself so well. Uh, really proud of where it's gone. Anything else, Steve? No, I just wanted to give my thanks to Tom and uh, let him know he's appreciated. Okay, appreciate uh, your call, as usual. You know what's cool, Steve and Lauren, and and Steve the caller, is that I'm noticing more and more that when I do these games that uh, fans, not so much fans this year because we're not seeing a lot of them uh, because of COVID, but, you know, assistant coaches or staff members of other teams will kind of walk by and say, hey, how about those Cardinals? You know, (laughs) they – they associate uh, my radio work with the team, and you can just tell there's a there's a buzz right now about the team. I noticed it last weekend after the Arenado deal. So what I, I do appreciate also how the Cardinals brand has kind of made its way through the Missouri Valley Conference also. And I know we have some Cubs fans in the audience right now. I get it. And we <laughs> we like it too, except when you're except when you're playing us. But uh, it's it is uh, it is fun to see the Cardinals as such a regional draw throughout the valley. Steve, we appreciate the call. Let's move along to uh, North Carolina, where Marty is calling in. Hey, Marty. Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. Morning, Tom. Tom, Morning. condolences on your on your Hoosiers losing a couple games to Illinois this year, but, but <laughs> we've lost quite a few in previous years, so it's just evening out a little bit. Um, yeah, Coburn, Coburn just owned us the other day. Man, we couldn't find an he's answer. He's a big man. Does, he's a big he's man. He's a big Tom. man. Just a, big a quick man. comment on IU. I just can't figure out what – Indiana's offenses. Uh, if they could figure that out, I think they'd be a decent team. Uh, I think they're trying, but uh, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, well, they're a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. They are a good defensive team. A um, couple things. One, I'm a, it may be a dangerous assumption and things could change. Um, we, I assume, are going to play three young outfielders and then if somebody's not performing at the break, we're going to go at the trade deadline, go find something. And secondly, with with Wong leaving and with Fowler gone, we are an extremely right-handed team at the plate. Is there anything in the works that you know of to get a left-handed bat for this team? Um, I, you know, I would not put it past Mosellock. I think there's definitely a chance of that. I think that, you know, they would shop around. I I don't know for sure. I think they want to play the young players and see. And then I think what you might find is that the middle of 2021, if there's a need, they'll go to the trade deadline and go get one. And they'll get a good one. Um, I was hoping hoping they'd get Jock Peterson, but that's neither here nor there. Or David Dog went to the Cubs. Yeah, Yeah. I I think the the key for them – um, will be, and this is a big hope here, is that Matt Carpenter takes a little pressure off of himself now. Okay, so they have, he's not in the starting lineup as it stands right now. They have a lot of good players, and then Matt Carpenter finds his swing again with the pressure off. They, they nice. take one last run, one last run at Matt Carpenter to see if he can discover some magic again. And if not, then you got to go find that left handed back because he'd be a pretty good one off the bench, or if somehow they decide that there's going to be a DH in the National League. He could appear there once in a while. 
Uh, but we, you brought up the outfield, talk, and I, I – yeah, go ahead. Could they talk Matt Carpenter into becoming the Matt Carpenter of 2013 that hit the ball over the field and get a lot of doubles instead of home runs? Yeah, I mean, he was a great doubles hitter, one of the best in the NL. I, I think that, you know, the home run binge that he went on in 2018 in August uh, was incredible to see, but, you know, it did – it appeared to to be – to define him uh that you know he was a, a great power hitter but i i do miss the carpenter who could hit to all fields he was trying to do that a little bit last year started off the last two seasons and maybe the last three seasons but definitely the last two with tightness in his back and i think yeah. that set him back a little bit to start the year so the, he's he's someone that you know is coming off the books after 2021 so you'll have that contract. Uh, they're eating some of Dexter Fowler's contract, uh, and then Carlos Martinez's contract comes off the books. So if those three together are gone, you're saving about $60 million. So you're going to squeeze well, you, not saving you've $60 got million. Wayne, you got Wainwright, who may not be pitching more than one year, too. That's correct. So you have, uh, at this point, you're looking at uh, Carpenter just trying to get what you can get out of him and then move forward. But I'll say this real quick about the outfield. So, you know, the Cardinals do not want a Randy Arozarena situation to happen again. They, they do not ever want that to happen again. And the reason that it did, they knew he was a good player. I don't think they thought he would become Babe Ruth in the postseason, but they knew he was a good player, but they did not give him opportunities to play. Uh, he did not get enough at-bats. And You're that came back to bite them. You're talking to the right person, Yeah, that came back to bite them. Steve will tell you that. But here's right. the difference. So here, so here's what happened the with the Rosarena. They did not give him playing time. And mm-hmm. they the mistake that they made was they did not fully evaluate who he was before they made a decision on him. They traded him without totally knowing what he was capable of at the big league level. There just weren't enough at-bats to evaluate that. So they do not want that to happen again. So what you're going to find is not so much Harrison Bader. I think we know who he is. He's a good defensive player that struggles to hit a breaking ball, and and maybe he shows a little more improvement there. But I think you know who Bader is. I think we know who Tyler O'Neill is. We'll see a little bit more of him perhaps. Good fielder, has power, strikes out a lot, can fly around the base paths. But we need to see some improvement out of him, and they'll give him a few more chances. Here's what we don't know. We don't know who Lane Thomas is, and to some extent Justin Williams, who has a, a big swing and makes hard contact. But Lane Thomas, I just want to concentrate on him for just a moment. Lane Thomas in 2019 only played in 38 games, or 34 games. He had 38 at-bats. That's it. In that time, he hit 316. He had an on-base percentage of 409. He had an OPS of over one. He hit four home runs. He drove in 12 RBIs. In just that 38 at-bat period, that's that's all he had. And the reason was he got hurt. He got injured. He missed the rest of the year. He came back in 2020, and in August, just as they got going, he got COVID, and he never recovered from it. Even after he, he tested negative, he had dizziness and all kinds of issues symptoms all the way through 2020 and never was himself now he's back i would really like to see personally what lane thomas is capable of doing he's got quick hands he's good in the field he hits for power he's got great speed he can hit for average this i'm not saying he's going to become randy arena but you just do not want another arena situation you cannot let lane thomas not get enough at bats and then suddenly you don't know 
what he was capable of. Personally, I think he's capable of a lot. So that's a player I think to watch for sure. Whether they move well, Carlson to right, or I'm not sure, but I think right now as it stands, Bader's your center fielder, Carlson's your left fielder, and right field is wide open. And it could be Thomas's job. It could be that they move Carlson over there and put O'Neill in left. Could be Justin Williams. Could be somebody else. Will they pursue someone outside of that group? Perhaps. But I really think that the Cardinals are, are concentrating on what do they have. Let's give the young players a chance. And if it doesn't work, we go get somebody else. Marty, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, Tom, how are you feeling about the um, arbitration for Jack Flaherty? How do you think that's going to turn out? I think it'll come out okay. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, this is uh, something that they have to go through. Um, they are going to go to a hearing. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it'll it'll be, uh, you know, he makes his case and, you know, they do what they have to do business-wise to get him back. I mean, it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, I think they were, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars apart. Uh, somewhere in the three million range, I think Flaherty's asking just under four. Cardinals are at about three, so usually it's going to land somewhere in the middle. He's going to get about three point five. This is going to go on for a while. Um, a hearing is never fun, uh, but you know this this is going to go on for a little while if, if, unless he were to get a long term deal. He uh, does not become a free agent until twenty twenty four. Uh, so yeah, this is kind of kind of where they are. I don't like it uh, either, but it's part of the business. And the Cardinals rarely go to a hearing. They did with Michael Waka. Uh, Jack Flaherty is going to be, I think, an impact pitcher for quite some time. He he might have had a little bit of an off year last year, numbers wise, but I thought last year was just a strange year overall for everybody. It was just you know it was a half, not even less than half a season, and the Cardinals had uh, quarantine twice and had to deal with all kinds of things. I'd like to see what Flaherty can do in a full season, prove his worth, and if the Cardinals decide that they want to do a deal with him, that'll be their business. But um, you know, I, I don't see uh, any hard feelings here moving forward. At least I hope not. Talking to Tom Ackerman, do you uh, do you know for sure what the Cardinals plan fan wise? to have fans at Bush Stadium? The plan right now is once they get the go-ahead, um, they'd like to get as much as 12,000 people in the seats. So that would be 28% of capacity at Bush Stadium. Now, 12,000 fans are going to make some noise. I, mean, I, I, To be honest, I know some big league clubs during a normal season that don't talk right. 12,000 a game. <laughs> so... 12,000, you're going to get the 12,000 diehards here. So 12,000 enthusiastic Cardinals fans will be fun. Now, eventually, you want 45,000, 46,000, and and they'll get there. Uh, They're going to have to um, uh, wait and see if if, uh, vaccinations uh, get a little more widespread and we can start opening some things up. My hope would be the second half of this year, 2021, you're starting to see a little bit more of that, hopefully. Uh, but for right now, that's where they are. They have multiple plans. They, of course, have always had a plan with zero fans, which they had last year, a plan for small capacity up to about 12,000, and then what happens when they can open things back up. So that's kind of where they are right now. And I know that they are allowing some fans a limited capacity, but there will be some fans down in spring training. So that's nice at Bush State, at uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter. 
I don't know when the 12,000 fan allowance will start at Bush Stadium. My guess is they'll start slow and then kind of get to that once they get, uh, once we know a little bit more from our government. And since we've not been through this before, uh, I'm anxious to see at what pace and how fans will return to ballparks. I'm not sure if any of us know the answer to that. Right. I think it depends on uh, a lot of factors. And um, I do think it depends on uh, age and underlying issues and vaccinations and health and, and all of those things. I think people will make decisions. I know that Cardinals fans are very antsy to get there. I know the Blues are starting to open things up a little bit to a small number of fans inside their building. Um, and again, I think that the Cardinals have such a wide fan base that you'll be able to find 12,000 to get in there now. Whether we can get back shoulder to shoulder rooting on our favorite teams across the board um, is another story. I think that applies for you know Illinois basketball games. Uh, Illinois football games, uh, what have you, Chicago Bears, you know, just uh, everywhere. Uh, once we get back to that, it's going to be amazing, uh, but we want to do it safely. But eventually, you know, I'm still dreaming of that day. It'll be where, whatever your favorite team is. But for me, since we're talking about the Cardinals, that first game at Bush Stadium with a packed house will be maybe the most emotional experience we've ever had on top of any of them. So that, that, uh, that's something to look forward to. I just don't know when that's going to be. Hey, Tom, good stuff. Always good to chat with you and uh, to talk baseball, and we'll do it again soon. Uh, keep up the good work on the Missouri Valley broadcasts, and uh, we'll check in with you soon. I appreciate it very much, and uh, good luck today against Wisconsin. Thank you. Tom Ackerman, KMOX in St. Louis with us on Lanai Palace Saturday Sports Talk. Speaking of crowds, Lauren, it'll be interesting uh, – if the Big Ten season goes off as scheduled with Illinois opening the season somewhere, <laughs> either in Dublin or Champaign, what uh, what the crowds might be. You know, originally they talked about maybe 20%, and of course that went by the wayside, but uh, that'll all be decided in the next few months, but it's something we got to think about. Well, yeah, and I think by the time we get through the summer and, and yeah. we'll have a better, you know, there's no way we can even guess at it right now and probably won't be able to guess at it in june or july it'll probably have to be right up until the almost august before we have any idea how many people will be allowed in yeah that'll be and uh, that could change during the season yeah I it could yeah well we saw a lot of things change during this past season hopefully yeah. we're not uh, going that far back again but uh something else to keep an eye on certainly as we uh, move along Hey, the uh, experts at Illini Pella Windows and Doors would love to help you find the perfect window or door for your home. Whether you're looking for new or replacement windows or doors, a visit to their showroom at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign will enable you to see the products in person, discover the beauty of window uh, wood windows, the ease and the uh, beauty of the between-the-glass blinds or the durability of fiberglass entry doors, the uh, Pella experts know all about what type of window or door works best for each unique situation. And working with them is an easy process. They'll be there for you from the whole journey from uh, shopping to the installation portion there. Learn more about the styles, materials, and options available to you. The Pella team has the knowledge and the experience to help you find the perfect Pella product for your project. Pellaofchampagne.com is their website. 
The phone number is 356-6474. Their hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 or Saturday by appointment. The Pella Window Store in Champaign, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Moving up towards the bottom of the hour, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, and we're back with the final 30 minutes after this. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. 2020 caused a great deal of stress and strain for people who are approaching retirement or who are already retired. Our clients, on the other hand, knew that they had someone they could trust at the helm. A family firm that not only created a sensible plan designed to survive the worst-case scenario, but more importantly, someone who would act on that plan, keeping their plan viable at all times. As Central Illinois' retirement specialists, we have the knowledge and expertise to help you live a worry-free retirement. And when it comes to tax issues and tax preparation, we have a team of certified public accountants dedicated to our clients for their tax planning and preparation needs. At Rudy Wealth Management, we'll act as your fiduciary. And because we're a fee-only firm, we do better when you do better. Rudy Wealth Management is ready to safely meet in person or via video conference. For your complimentary visit, just call 356-1400. That's 356-1400. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialists. The 2021 Honda ATV lineup is here to prove it's possible to work smarter and harder. With the power to get the job done, the technology to make it easier, and tried and tested quality to keep you moving forward, the only thing left to add is you. Then you'll understand how life is better on a Honda. Honda recommends ATVs for riders 16 years and older and recommends that all ATV riders take a training course. Moving up on 1030 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. With Lawrence H., Steve Kelly with you until 11. We've got Illini game day basketball coverage coming your way at 11.30. Illinois basketball this afternoon against the Wisconsin Badgers at the State Farm Center. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Let's say hi to Eric in Champaign. Hey, Eric, what's on your mind? Hey, hey guys, I just got a question. You know about the scheduling in the Big Ten? You know, it's, it's weird because a lot of the games that have been canceled don't have any particular place to get rescheduled for. But, like, for example, Michigan State was supposed to play Michigan today, but they're playing Nebraska instead. So why don't, are, they haven't done anything like that for Illinois' schedule, or they reshuffled it and played somebody else instead on the same day or just moved that Michigan game around, you know, within the schedule. Yeah, they haven't done anything at all as far as the two games Illinois missed, and they really haven't done a lot on rescheduling the other games. You mentioned an example there, but there's a lot of other games that uh, need to be rescheduled. Yeah, I would assume they're just going to go away. <laughs> There's like no time to pick them all up. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tom mentioned the uh, the Missouri Valley. There's two teams in there that definitely are tournament teams. Drake and, uh, and Loyola, heck, they're ranked in the top 20 of uh, of your net rankings and all that. That's a really good team. Yeah, it is. Good point. Hey, Eric, thanks for the call. Appreciate thanks. it. We'll keep the phone lines open if you uh, want to join us. want to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit and uh, with a little bit of a – Local connection, Mike Beal, originally from, well, actually started his life in Tolono and then moved up to Paxton, Illinois, Illinois State graduate, and he's now the director of college scouting for the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's on the line with us from Tampa. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Steve. I'm doing good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Lauren Tate is here as well. We want to kind of 
get uh, caught up with you and a pretty exciting time uh, not only to be in the Super Bowl but to uh, have the Super Bowl in your hometown and on your home field. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty unique experience. Um, you know, just to get to the Super Bowl is always an accomplishment, but to be able to have it here and um, just kind of treat it almost like a normal week, it's been it's been fun. You uh, went to Illinois State, a couple of degrees there. Um, when you were working on your education, had uh, did you have a career path lined out? Uh, did you think you were going to be uh, in the National Football League? What did you have in mind as a goal? Yeah, I, I never really set a goal as far as being in the National Football League, but I always knew that I wanted to stay in sports somehow. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to be, in, be an intern for the Buffalo Bills uh, when I started out and um, just kind of took things from there. That was with uh, John Butler, was it not? That is correct, yeah. I'm sure some of your listeners will remember John Butler. Uh, he was the GM of the Buffalo Bills at the time, a Champaign-Urbana native. And, yeah, he was a very uh, influential guy in my career and kind of helped me get to where I am today for sure. Hi, this is Lauren. Uh, talk about the, the game tom- tomorrow. Uh, what do you, uh, what's the condition of the Tampa Bay at this particular juncture as opposed to the the physical status of the problems that the Chiefs are having at offensive tackle is there how how healthy are, are these teams going in yeah I would say that I mean they, they do have a couple tackles out Kansas City does but for the most part I think both teams are, are fairly healthy and I think that kind of goes if you look at the, the Super Bowl teams every year, or playoff teams for that matter, uh, most of the time at the end of the year, those those teams have uh, somehow avoided you know major injuries, and it's just a big part of our game, you know. And there's a little luck involved with that, but uh, yeah, they're definitely down a couple of tackles. But I will say that 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 quarterback they have has a, has a way of making a lot of people run. <laughs> you think they're, they're down guys? So it's going to be a heck of a game. I mean, it's you know two talented teams, and and it's it's just it's going to be a lot of fun. What is the allowable attendance? I think they're around 25,000 is what we're up to right now. And 7,500 of those will be healthcare workers, which is a really, really awesome thing from all over the country. And um, it's just, it's great that they're, they're being recognized. Is there, uh, what are you, uh, what's the, the um, spread on the game? Have you heard, I mean, who's the favorite? Is there a favorite? You know, I haven't heard. Kansas, I, I, Kansas I City by three. Kansas City by three. Okay. Yeah. That really doesn't matter, but I just, I just, uh, I wondered because I think that's probably based on last season more than anything else, don't you? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're they're the defending champs, you know, and they deserve that respect. And you know, however the the betting works out, you know, we'll we'll just have to go out and play tomorrow and see what happens. Mike Beal is our guest with the Tampa Bay Bucks. We have a caller from Mike from Champaign. Scott, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Mike. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, I know you know it's pretty exciting. We've got a, a hometown guy, a University of Illinois guy, playing in the Super Bowl. I'm just wondering if there is a uh, another college or you know which colleges uh, kind of are known for putting a lot of players in Super Bowl. Who has great success in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about Allegretti with, with Kansas City. Uh, but I, I grew up around the Big Ten, and, and I started scouting there uh, my career. So I'm always uh, a little bit biased towards the Big Ten. But I think if you look around the country, 
predominantly there's the SEC kind of dominates when it comes to the draft and, you know, and, and guys that uh, end up playing in the Super Bowls. But it doesn't matter, though. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, big conferences, Division three. like there's, there's guys from every level and, and all parts of the country that end up playing in this game. Um, but I would say like the Alabamas, the LSUs, you know, schools like that probably have the most. Anything else, Scott? Uh, no, Mike, we're pulling for you, though. Good luck. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Appreciate the call. Nick Allegretti, of course, with uh, the Chiefs. Greg Lewis, former Illini receiver, is the Kansas City receivers coach. Keyshawn Vaughn, who began his career at Illinois, is on the Tampa Bay roster. Duke Preston, who played offensive line for the Fighting Illini, is uh, working with you in the front office, right, Mike? That is correct, yeah. Duke, he does a great job for us. He's he's our director of player engagement and he basically just helps these guys with, you know, anything that they need when, when they come into our, our building. He just He's a big resource for them um, just to, to lean on and kind of help. And, it, you know, Duke played in this league for a while, too, so he has a lot of experience with that. And uh, he's, he's really invaluable to our organization. Mike, uh, Mike graduated from Paxton uh, Buckley Loda back in 1991. He mentioned his association with John Butler and the Buffalo Bills. You also spent uh, quite a few years uh, with the Chargers, right? I did. Yep, I was there for 14 years before I came here, and um, just what it was a great experience. Worked with a lot of good people out there, and you know we won a bunch of games, but we couldn't really ever get past the, the quarterback we have here in Tampa now, and Tom Brady. Like he <laughs> he knocks us out of the playoffs quite a bit, so I'm just glad he's on our side now. So once you left Central Illinois and Buffalo, you decided to to stay where it's warm, huh? San Diego and then Tampa. <laughs> Yeah, the crazy thing is I, I never lived in San Diego because I was always a scout on the eastern half of the country. Oh, okay. So we, we actually stayed in Buffalo for a few years, and then we moved back to the Champaign-Urbana area uh, in 2004, I believe it was. Uh, and we were there until 2014 when we moved down here. Uh, when, you, when you talk about scouting now, how do you do it in the pandemic? Is it mostly just film? or do you, you said you covered the East Coast, but... If you cover the East Coast now, you couldn't actually go out in the East Coast, could you? Yeah, no doubt. And I, I actually, in the role I'm in now, I travel all over the country in a normal year. Um, but it's it's definitely been a challenge, just like you know most people uh, with their careers. It's it's been a challenge for us as well. Um, it's mostly most of our job is based on the tape anyway, so that part of it hasn't changed. We're still had you know access to all that. It's just the the actual visits to the school and seeing these kids live and you know, being able to interview everybody, you know, at the schools and things like that. That's just all been done through Zoom interviews and things like that. So it's definitely been a challenge, but uh, it's just at the end, we just need to make sure we know these players as best we can come April when we, when we get to the draft. How, uh, how many people are in your department? So we have uh, eight college scouts um, that, that work under me. Um, and then we also have a pro department that scouts, you know, the league and deals with free agency. So, and, and, in total, we probably have about 15 guys in, in our player personnel department. So are those guys talking, uh, are you, are you guys talking to college coaches, college recruiting departments? Who all do you communicate with in uh, scouting college players? Yeah, it's, it's really, a pretty exhaustive list. I mean, we, we try to talk to everybody that we possibly can just to kind of get to know these players as you know best as possible. Cause it's, I mean, as you guys know, this league is, it's a big business and these are big investments that we're bringing into our organization. So 
we try to talk to everybody we possibly can to, to get to know them, whether that's the, the coaches, the strength coaches, the trainers, the academic people, the janitors. I mean, any, anything we can just to kind of get an insight of, of what kind of makes these guys tick. So who takes uh, credit for recruiting Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give all that credit to, to Bruce Arians and Jason Light, our GM. I mean, those guys, you know, did a heck of a – and then part of that is, too, like, not only getting Tom to come here, but we also had to have a pretty good roster in place for him to, to want to come here. And, and again, I think that Jason and our pro guys and, you know, our college scouts have just done a great job of, of building up some talent here. Well, Mike, we appreciate your time. Good luck in the, the ball game. I don't know. Do you get, uh, you get wrapped up in the game itself? Do you get game day nerves? I, you know what? I still do. I just, this is the first Super Bowl I've been associated with. So, it's kind of building a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure tomorrow will be. Uh, I'll be as nervous as, as I ever was when I was playing. So um, I'm just. I'm really looking forward to it, though. I know you got a lot on your schedule. Thanks for taking some time with us. We appreciate it. You bet. Hey, I just want to tell Lauren uh, congratulations on being inducted into the oh, thank Sports you. Rider Hall of Fame. You're welcome. I grew up a big Illini fan, and you and Jim Turpin are kind of always. Uh, I associate that with Illini sports. So congratulations. That's a big honor. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. You got it. You guys have a good day. You too. That's Mike Beal. He's with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their their front office as director of college scouting for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He'll have a good seat, you can guess, for tomorrow's game, the Super Bowl game tomorrow afternoon. We'll take a break here. We'll continue over the last uh, 18 or 20 minutes or so with an open line, 356-9397. More talk about uh, the basketball game coming up this afternoon, if you like, between the Fighting Illini and the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin number 19, Illinois number 12 in the country. Back with more after this. Hi, I'm Dan Holder of Holder Wealth Management. A fiduciary is one who holds something in trust for another. A fiduciary owes the highest standard of care under the law to his or her client. The fiduciary is a representative of the client, and investment decisions made by the fiduciary must always be in the client's best interest. As attorneys, CPAs, and investment advisors, we at Holder Wealth Management take our fiduciary obligations seriously. Many financial advisors are compensated through commissions from the sale of products they recommend to fund the financial plan they have created. Does this sound like a potential conflict of interest? As fee-based advisors, we do not receive commissions or compensation from the sale of products. If you have concerns about whether the product your advisor is recommending is appropriate for you, please contact us at 217-398-4015. We would be happy to review this with you with no obligation on your part. Hi, it's Max with MX Electric. Take advantage of your time at home this week. Seeing that ceiling fan that needs installed, outdoor lighting not working, that stubborn outlet that keeps falling out of the wall, MX Electric can handle all your electrical needs. Call today, 359-7293. Relax, call back, 217-359-7293. Dutch Boy's new Platinum Plus paint with Stain Shield technology has the performance you expect from a luxury paint at a price you didn't. Platinum Plus is up to 50% more washable and stain resistant than a leading premium paint in satin sheen. Superiority ranges from 24 to 50% depending on sheen selected. Platinum Plus keeps your walls looking new longer. 
Menards and Dutch Boy Paint have you covered. Go ahead, live your life. Dear Winter, we're not scared of you because almost nothing can stand in the way of a new 2021 Toyota. When you say stay home under a blanket, the Camry all-wheel drive comes out to play. The 2021 Corolla is hotter than ever with tons of tech to keep you plugged in to your favorite apps, music, and more. Snowy Hills don't stand a chance against the RAV4's available all-wheel drive with multi-terrain select. And with over 200 horses under the hood, the RAV4 weathers the toughest storms. Grab the family, hop in the Highlander, and go build some snowmen. Everyone will be comfy with available heated front seats and cushy seating for up to eight. With 15 models featuring available all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, Toyota will get you everywhere you need to be this season. See you in the snow. Toyota. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Hey, sports fans, this is Jason Gotch, host of State Lines, Illinois' number one pro football gambling program. The NFL playoffs are here, and my co-host John Spataro and I are handing out free picks every weekend on our podcast, State Lines, Illinois' number one pro football gambling program. Tune in this week to hear our picks and hopefully make a little money. Go to statelines.show to download our latest episode. New episodes drop every Friday during the NFL playoffs all the way through the Super Bowl. Don't miss out. Go to statelines.show right now or find State Lines on your favorite podcast platform. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, try a McChicken Biscuit or Chicken McGriddles. Get two for just $3 and pair it with a $1 any size Coke. Price participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 10.45. Welcome back to the show. Alana Ipella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly and plain old Lauren. <laughs> Thank you. He doesn't want to be called a Hall of Famer anymore, so we've, we're going to start something right now where he's just plain old Lauren. He, he likes that better. But if you want to congratulate him on being a Hall of Famer, you can still do that. That's, that's up to you. We do have the phone lines open, 356-9397 until 11 o'clock. Fighting Illini game day at 11.30, Illinois and Wisconsin. I got a question for you. I got an answer, okay. maybe. Okay. How much are you going to have to use uh, Georgie today? How much? How valuable is Georgie in a game when you have uh, Wisconsin coming in here with Wall starting at 6'9", Potter starting at 6'10", Ford at 6'8", and coming off the bench with Nate Reavers, who's averaging nearly 10 points a game, and he's 6'11". I think Georgie is very valuable if... He gets out on defense. He's got to get out to cover the arc. Well, yeah. Well, he he can. I know he, he can, but, but, the, but you got to pro- do it. Well, that's right. And but the problem is, you know, that they're gonna they're gonna move around and try to get uh, Kofi out of there. Out sure. Of the paint. I get that. And uh, this will be a real tough assignment for him. Who I thought, by the way, I've I've uh, there have been games when when Kofi has hurt the defense because of the nature of the other team and be, able, and be able, like Ohio State, was able to take advantage of him. But boy, oh boy, was he good against Indiana. Whoa. Especially, they just, they just uh, were almost afraid to go in there against him. They'd, you'd see guys start to break in, and they'd look up and see him, and they'd just turn around and pass it to somebody else. I mean, he was 
uh, a massive uh, part of that defense that held Indiana down. Yeah, he was really good in the second half, and much of that yeah. is uh, is attributed to Corbello as well for getting him the ball. I mean, he made some passes there that uh, yeah you and I can't make, that's for sure, and not many playing can even see those lanes. Phone lines are open. Let's go to Rick in uh, Villa Grove. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Well, young whippersnapper, I'll talk to Lauren because he'll remember this because you are way too young for this. <laughs> Lauren, you remember the Sweet 16 when the 16 teams were there at the Armory on the U of I campus? At the and, Armory uh, or you mean the Huff? You mean... No, they, were, uh, they played at Huff, but they had uh, their uh, teams set up little stands like for a nickel, you get three hits with the sledgehammer on an old beat-up junk car. Okay. And they'd, <laughs> they'd okay. have games like that inside the armory there, uh, and uh, all, all of the teams were represented. Okay. And I think P- Pinckneyville was always a real strong team back then. Okay. I'll let you talk. Talk well, about tell the, tell the young guy about all those good times. Hey, thanks for <laughs> calling me a young guy, Rick. I appreciate thanks. that. <laughs> I, I don't remember... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I did attend some in, in high school in that era. Do you know all the high schools got tickets to the state tournament and and uh, the coach would pass them out? It would be like six or eight or ten. I don't know how many t- tickets we actually got. And so we actually attended games back in the in the 40 and 47, 48, 49 in those years. We, we were all allowed to go to the tournament. I don't remember anything about the armory. I didn't go across there. I got to keep hanging out with you because when I hang out with you, I'm the young guy. <laughs> I haven't been called the young guy too much lately. Let's go back to the phones, and uh, Steve is with us in Whiteheath. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. I know you're going to be occupied with Illinois and Wisconsin, but at the same time that's going on, we got the big naming of the gymnasium in uh, Monticello for right. our receivers. And uh, just a reminder to everybody that we got a big event out here, and Lauren probably knows that too. So. Yep. I'm real happy for receivers and and uh, i'm happy for monticello with their new gym so anyway you guys have fun at the illinois wisconsin game all right thanks a lot steve appreciate the call appreciate uh, that reminder if we weren't playing i would go sure you would also in the uh, big 10 besides the wisconsin illinois game northwestern plays at purdue at 330 nebraska allegedly <laughs> back in action i guess we we'll believe it when we see it they've been out for a while they're scheduled at Michigan State at 5.30. Coming up tomorrow, Indiana plays host to Iowa. And as we mentioned earlier, the Michigan game for next Thursday is not officially off the Illinois schedule as yet. Brad Underwood said yesterday he's just taking things game at a time. He'll get through this game, give the guys maybe a day off tomorrow and see how things shake up, uh, shape out after that. And uh, the Michigan game is likely to get postponed, but we don't know that for sure either. There's been some talk that it would, but... Uh, yeah, all we've, all we've received so far is media indications that right. the game would be called, but uh, if if the university hadn't called it off, it's still on. Yep. Hey, Raleigh and Rantoul, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Steve and Lauren. Well, the, according to the last caller, uh, I graduated from high school just south of the Quad Cities, and I was honored to see... Uh, the Sweet 16 in its entirety in both uh, 1951 and 1953. And I can remember going over to the armory between games and, and seeing all the setups. And that was one of the places where 
we got to meet uh, the University of Illinois uh, basketball players because they would be over there once in a while doing interviews and such. So, uh, yeah, the Armory was always full of events during that time. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to see the entire tournaments both in 51 and 53 because of the free tickets that they gave to the high schools. Good stuff, Raleigh. Thanks for the call. We appreciate that. Let's uh, go to uh, JB with us. You're on the air, JB. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to make a comment on the officiating a little bit. Uh, watching the SEC a little bit this winter, I noticed they hired Mike Eads as their supervisor of officials. He was formerly a real good Big Ten official. Mm-hmm. He took Terry Weimer, Ted Valentine, Ted mm-hmm. Matt Driscoll, a bunch of the older officials with him. And I think that's uh, hurt the Big Ten officiating a little bit. We lost a lot of our veterans that uh, – had really been, you know, ran crews. So I'll just, I'll just hang up and listen to see what you think about that. Well, the, the uh, Big Ten just uh, required that anybody that worked the Big Ten because of the pandemic could not work any other league. And some of the guys didn't want to do that. Some of the guys want to work multiple leagues, as they have done over the many years. In, in years past, you had guys working consecutive games, uh, you know, four or five a week, uh, and travel from one place to another. I I, I think that uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they got a lot more tired in those days than they are in this season because this year they can only work Big Ten games if you're going to work the Big Ten. That's it. So those are the rules, and uh, th- that's because of the pandemic. But uh, you're right. I, I like Deeds a lot, and Weimer and, and Valentine been a lot, but Valentine's been criticized by everybody, you know, along the way. And, and Hightower, who uh – I thought had an outstanding career. You didn't like every call he made either. I mean, no. you, you, you're going to make somebody mad. 50% of the crowd, you're going to make mad on any call That's you exactly make. Right. So exactly right. So that's the way that goes. When you look at the uh, Big Ten standings as we speak, Michigan is on top at 8-1. and one. Illinois is in second place by themselves at the moment. They need a win today to stay in second place. And if they get the win today, they'll end up with one more victory than Michigan has. Illinois is 8-3 and three going into the game today. Ohio State, probably playing as well as anybody in the Big Ten, if not the country, is 9-4. and four. Wisconsin is 8-4. and four. Then you've got uh, Iowa and Purdue and Rutgers with seven wins in the league. So it's bunching up there. But uh, Illinois, as Brad Underwood said, just kind of need to take care of your own business and see how it plays out down the stretch. But uh, should be a good basketball game today. Well, the thing about Wisconsin is they are so solid defensively and they're so balanced offensively. You don't know where the points are going to come from. They they do post up their guards at times and they just they make it very difficult to to figure out where the points are coming from because if you look at their average, they got three guys averaging over 9 points. They got Potter at 12.3 and they got Trice at 13 points a game. And they've got uh, two other scores that uh, average five or six points a game. So they, they just come at you uh, from, and and they don't. They're not a running team. They will run if they get a uh, if they have an advantage. But but basically they're a pretty good half court ball club, and it's a team that's always uh, overachieved. As far as I'm concerned, Steve, they overachieve every year. Coming up uh, tomorrow here on DWS Illini Women's basketball they could sure use a win couldn't they no, i think they're 0 and 10 0 and 10 in the uh, big 10 big 10 right now and 4 and 58 yeah in the big 10 over yep. the last four seasons 
and a uh, uh, win would certainly help. But they play at Purdue tomorrow at 2 o'clock. You can hear that coming up uh, later today after basketball coverage. We've got the more volleyball coverage, Illinois at Penn State. Penn State wins it three games, uh, three matches to one last night, winning all three uh, of the, their uh, winning matches by the same score, 25 to 20. Illinois did pick up a win in set number two, 25 to 17, but uh, Penn State wins it three to one. Minnesota beat Illinois wrestling last night, 25 to 13. Uh, the Illini grapplers are at Northwestern on Sunday. You know the biggest news today? Two great programs are playing each other, Duke and North Carolina. You know, it's, it's the, the f- biggest game of the year. Well, if you watch ESPN, it is. <laughs> they're prom- what happened? <laughs> they're promoting that. Do you know? And you probably do, because there's been all kinds of stuff written and said about it. But first time since 1960 that <laughs> one of those teams isn't in the top 25. Isn't in the top 25. Yeah, 1960. Most of them are. Most of the time, they're in the top 10 or top yeah. 15. Well, most of those years, North Carolina was early. And then, of course, in the last 30 years, Duke's been in there all the time. Right. I wasn't even in North Carolina. I wasn't even in high school yet in 1960, the last time that happened. You take one final break. We'll do that and be back with some final words after this. Illini Fellow Windows and Doors has been offering a unique kind of shopping experience to Central Illinois homeowners and businesses for almost 50 years now. Mike Mary and the staff at Illini Fellow prides themselves in providing accurate information and ongoing support before, during, and after the sale. Illini Pella is currently offering virtual appointments to discuss window and door replacement options. Schedule an appointment and see the product line at PellaOfChampagne.com. Winter's here, and it's here to stay. The good news is, so is Blaine's Farm and Fleet, with the area's best selection of cold-weather gear and supplies to keep your family warm, safe, and comfortable all winter long. Shop our unbeatable assortment of workwear and outerwear from top brands like Carhartt, Columbia, Zero Exposure, Walls, and Work and Sport. Plus, it's the perfect time to stock up on thermal socks and underwear, insulated gloves, boots, and hats. Stay safe with a fresh battery, Schumacher battery charger, or a new set of tires for your car or truck. We also carry ice scrapers and heat gas line antifreeze to help with those cold weather starts. Help your animals conquer the cold with livestock essentials like water de-icers, salt blocks, pine shavings, and more. Keep your home and shop comfy with an assortment of electric or gas heaters, plus premium wood fuel pellets for your pellet stove. Stay warm, safe, and protected from the frigid temps with help from your cold weather experts. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. This is meteorologist Greg Solier. Part of the News Gazette media team that is monitoring your weather 24-7. When severe weather breaks out, News Talk 1400-DWS breaks in immediately for instant updates. This is Butch from Surf Pro of Champaign-Urbana. When disaster strikes your residence or business, our team is ready to go on a moment's notice. Nobody is better equipped to handle water, fire, or storm damage than our team at Surf Pro of Champaign-Urbana. about uh, two minutes or less left on the show. Time to squeeze in another call. Let's do it uh, with uh, Michael and Muhammad. Go ahead, Michael. Hi, guys. Just a quick observation. I was at the Waste Management Golf uh, PGA event last year. Mm -hmm. It was the most amount of people I've ever been around in my entire life, and it's amazing how different a year makes. Mm -hmm. They've still got some there, at least. Um, 5,000 people, but you couldn't even move. It was shoulder to shoulder. 
I bet that was fun to be at. Yeah, it was almost over, too overwhelming. <laughs> hey, Michael, appreciate the call. Running out of time here, but thanks for making uh, the time to call. By the way, Steve Stricker about to tee off here at the top of the hour. 66-65. Yep. Back to back. And uh, Man, can he do that again? He can. He'll be in good shape for the uh, Sunday round. We'll see how it goes. Tell you what, you don't want to get into a short game contest with him. <laughs> no. <laughs> with uh, the way he rolls the ball and... I mean, the pro players go to him for putting help. That's how good a putter he is. Appreciate it, Lauren. We'll see you at the State Farm Center. Thanks to our guests, Patrick Embleton, Jeff Patrikas, Kedrick Prince, Tom Ackerman, and Mike Beal. Thanks for all the folks that called in on the show. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. For all the aforementioned folks, this is Steve Kelly on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good weekend. Illini Game Day coming your way in 30 minutes right here. Have a good one.